You are listening to the Toxic Mold Podcast with Steve Worsley, the toxic mold expert and your number one source for mold consulting and mitigation in the USA. Let's dive into a brand new episode. Before we get started on this episode, here's a not so short disclaimer. While all attempts have been made to verify the content provided in this podcast, neither the podcaster or the producers assume any responsibility for errors, omissions, or alternative interpretations of the issues discussed here. All information stated in this podcast is the opinion of Steve Worsley. Steve Worsley is a mold specialist with over 25 years of experience in the construction and mold industry. The Toxic Mold Podcast is for information sharing purposes only. The views expressed are those of the podcaster and his alone. These views should not be taken as expert instruction or commands. While there may be references to medical conditions and symptoms, all podcast episodes are the opinion of Steve Worsley and any medical questions or concerns shall be addressed with the appropriate licensed medical professional or professionals. As the podcaster refers to different mold types, please be aware that Steve Worsley is not a microbiologist and questions concerning mold specifics should be answered by the appropriate professional. Steve isn't nor does he offer any legal advice. For any legal advice, you must speak with a lawyer. The listener is 100% responsible for his or her own actions. You can check out Steve's books on Amazon. Just go to Amazon and search for author Steve Worsley. You can also take Steve's courses on Udemy or Skillshare, and you can find out more about those at cnccontractorservices.com. Now, let's get to the episode. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Toxic Mold Podcast. Steve, today we are talking about something we have talked about before, but I think it really, this is the deep dive episode, types of mold (laughs) testing. Aren't all the episodes deep dives? Oh, yeah, no? they kind of are. You take us oh. on these journeys. Yeah. And you go deep. And, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I should have been, I don't know, I've never seen Alice in Wonderland, but I should have been whatever animal went down all the rabbit holes. Because so. <laughs> exactly. I don't think it was really just a rabbit, wasn't it a person? Yeah, Alice. Yeah. Yep. So, yep. anyhow. Sorry, <laughs> listeners. I've never seen that, but I like to take you down rabbit holes because it intrigues me, and then I, I feel like I'm informing you guys of things that most... I, I would say a lot of inspectors don't even know or talk about. Kind of helps to have been doing this forever. Exactly. So. Well, and speaking of mold testers, it helps listeners to hear this because then when they're trying to hire somebody, they're educated. Yeah. So they can ask questions that let them know if that's the right person yeah. to hire. Yeah. And then that's when our listeners tell that inspector and in whatever municipality or city they're in. They, they, they say something about me, and then that's when I get called stupid. So, But our <laughs> listeners know better. Correct. They, they know. They can ask that inspector, well, you, have you ever listened to his podcast? Exactly. So, if I'm not that smart, I, I don't know. Yeah, no, you know your stuff. <laughs> so, so, we've been, so today we're talking about really, you know, a lot of people want to do mold testing for whatever reason. And on a lot of podcast episodes, one of your recommendations pretty consistently has been to conduct mold testing if there are concerns if there are you know if you think you've got a mold issue so the first thing we need to talk about is who does the test the the test for mold but also when do you know you need it so you know for a lot of people you know i think we talked about it uh, last week or here recently about you know we we 
we as humans, especially in the day and age we're in with technology, we want the quick, easy fix. So a lot of people are like, oh, you have headaches all the time. Well, I listen to this guy or I listen to this podcast and we should just do air testing. Well, just running an air test is not going to tell you if <laughs> your headaches are being caused by mold. So you need to make sure that you're going to hire somebody that obviously in Wyoming, we don't have to be certified. Utah, you don't have to be certified. Colorado, South Dakota, I'm not sure about Idaho, but anyhow, my point is, is some states you have to be certified, some you don't. Well, in Wyoming, I'm sure our listeners can imagine that I am certified. Does that make me qualified? Not necessarily. But on the other hand, the certification tells us, hey, this guy took the time, spent the money to get certified. He might not do anything that he learned, but at least he has that certification. So my point is, make sure you hire a certified inspector, mm -hmm. period. And our listeners are probably like, well, wait, inspector, we're talking about testing. Typically, a certified home or sorry, a certified mold inspector is a certified tester. So they, they're, they're the same thing. But you have to have the inspection and the testing. Yeah. Both. So to answer your question, I went off on a tangent. You need to have someone that's qualified and make sure they're certified, licensed if that's required, and insured. Mm -hmm. And so, but you're also saying that doing testing alone is typically not enough, that it should be in combination with a mold inspection. Exactly. It's the, the analogy I, I, I typically use when I tell people this, for a, for a long time, I tried to, to save, you know, our clients on money. I tried to do, well, well, we'll come in for X amount of dollars and we'll do two tests and, and I'll just look at problematic areas and then that's the services. Well, I tried to, but it's it's honestly not possible. You have to perform a full mold inspection, do the testing, look at what you found on site once you have the lab results, and then compare the two. It's like I was starting to say the analogy of, I don't know if any of our listeners can do this. If you can, then I would question your doctor. But can you call your general physician and say, yeah, I want you to do this blood work. Would no, they do it? No. I mean, it, without a without, script, no, without seeing you, just, yeah, no, they, would they just not want to test. Uh -uh. You have to go see him Correct. or her, and they're going to evaluate you just like we evaluate the property. So that's why standalone testing is, for our listeners, just don't go down that road. Absolutely. You've got to have the inspection. Absolutely. And once again, you need the proper inspector, not a guy that's just going to kind of wander around. You need... You need an actual full mold inspection, which is literally a home inspection. Like wow. we go through everything, and I'm a certified home inspector too, but we go through everything that we would in a home inspection, except for turning on the lights and checking the outlets. Yeah. Beyond that, we literally do the same thing as a home inspection. That's how detailed it is for me. And, and that's how detailed it should be right. to be able to then interpret whatever right. results come out of testing. Exactly. Because if you get, if let's just say you do standalone testing, you don't have an inspection done or a proper inspection. It comes back, uh, you know, you always are going to run an outside sample when you're doing an air sample for control. And then you run uh, an air sample in the master bedroom on the main level. And then you run an air sample in the basement. Well, if the basement one comes back and the numbers are four times higher than what they are on the main level, we have to determine why. Like, we don't just say to our clients, well, yeah, it's four times higher, but it's fine. Like, 
we, 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 we want an inspection done. Like, are there cracks in the foundation? And because of flat grading, all the water runoff from the rain or snow comes into the basement. Like, we need to put, we have to piece all that together. It's a crime scene investigation. Yep, CSI yep. investigation. You've got to be able to do it. So when people are embarking upon mold testing, one of the things that I think a lot of people don't understand is, well, does it matter what kind of mold testing or the method that's used? What's your take on mold testing methods? So we have, um, as far as testing, so there's a few different aspects I'll cover. As far as testing, we can either do viable or non-viable testing. So for our listeners, viable testing, obviously it's something that's alive, growing, thriving. It's the same thing we all did. I'm not sure, I guess I should ask you. Did you do in science class, like in junior high, eighth, ninth grade, you go around with a Q-tip and you'd put it Petri on- Petri dish? Yeah, you'd, yeah. but you'd use the Q-tip like, like, like you would, okay, I'm speaking my age here, but- we didn't have cell phones back then, but like your buddy would go do the, the doorknob mm -hmm. and then I would go do like the window and then someone else would do the desk and then you would take that and you'd roll it on that agar plate. And, you know, it can be all sorts of different uh, um, materials that they use for the agar plates. But anyhow, you put that uh, Q-tip, roll it on, on that, that substance and then you put the lid on it and you put it in the, the fridge mm -hmm. for like a week. And then you you go back and get them and you see what's growing on it. Yeah. That's a viable test. We don't do that. We can. Um, I have obviously the agar plates. But for us, we don't do that type of testing because for one, it takes too long. Mm -hmm. um, most of my clients don't want to know in two weeks what's going on with their air quality. We, we want to know as soon as possible. So we don't do it for that reason. Second of all, it... it for me on site, it's it's time consuming also, because mm -hmm. you know you can depending on the type of testing. If you want to do an an air test with a viable test, you just take that petri dish and you put put it in the middle of the room for an hour. You got to leave it for an hour. Yeah. Whereas my machines and what we use as professionals, we use um, a low volume air sampler that sucks air through what we call an aerosol cassette, and that traps all the mold spores on that slide, which is just the same slide you have in science class. And we have to, we, we run it for five, 10 minutes, depending on where it's at, what we're doing, whatnot. So you can imagine one hour versus five minutes, big difference. So yeah. you have viable testing, non-viable testing. Also, you have the different types of testing, such as an air test, which is the most common thing we do, which is probably... I want to be careful saying that it's the most accurate because it's it's the most accurate as far as what's in the air. Does that make sense? Yeah. It doesn't give us, though, a clear picture of everything. And the reason I say that is, is for our listeners, think about mold types that are embedded in the dust over on a dresser. Depending on the mold type and many other conditions, airflow, everything... We might not pick up what's on top of that desk or that, that dresser in an air test. The only way we'd pick that up is if, and we're not talking about an Ermi or Hertz, Hertz me dust sample, but if we, we would have to do a tape lift. Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah. So I guess the best way to say is, is standalone only air testing is very common, but it doesn't give us a, a, a really clear picture of the overall 
air quality. Because if if those mold spores on the dresser or the bookshelves or wherever, if they're not airborne, we're not going to pick it up. Exactly. So, so you have the air testing. We have a tape lift that I just talked about. So that's something when we see a direct, and I call it a direct sample, a direct sample would be a mold infestation or like a dust. And when I say dust sample, it's just a tape lift. We, we know directly it's right there on that spot. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. And so to do that, you could do a tape lift, a swab, or the, I, I would say probably least common is what we call a bulk sample, which is literally a bulk sample. Let's just say there was a mold infestation on that wall. We literally would cut a piece of sheetrock out, put it in a Ziploc, send it off to a lab. Yeah. So you have those four things. I'm sure you can remember all of them. <laughs> Air testing. Yep. Swab sample which is literally what you you did in your science class is what they do for strep tape lift which is literally a piece of tape or a bulk sample and is there are there ever situations where it's recommended to do all of those types not all but two of them yes okay two of them the reason i say this is, is this is obviously my opinion everything in these podcasts are our opinions um in my opinion, and most labs don't like a swab sample because you're you're talking like a Q-tip and you're rolling it on something. Okay. So the contamination and you know with other debris is very high. Yeah. Um, they just most labs just don't like it. It's a lot harder to look at under a microscope. Um, the only reason I would use a swab would be in conjunction. It would be actually with a petri dish just like we talked about in science mm -hmm. that's why i would do that so for the most part if i'm going to take a direct sample i want to do a tape lift i okay. literally just go and pick it up pick it up and so let's just say in here in the office that that i that that let, let's say our client has a daughter that's a teenager that's has really bad allergies they don't know if she has asthma there's they don't know what's going on so i'd come in here and i would do an air test with a visual inspection, I would look at like the bookshelves and whatnot, and I would take, I would do a direct sample somewhere in that room, mm -hmm. whether it's on top of the baseboard or on top of the bookshelves. So to answer your question, we would do them in conjunction with each other, but it would typically be an air sample and a tape lift. Okay. okay. A bulk sample, um, I've done my fair share of those. I mean, I'm sure you remember a few years ago, I did it with hay. Okay, that's right. That's right, you did. So... Um, you know, kind of a crazy story, but a bulk sample is because it's invasive. If you, you can imagine on a normal, our listeners are like, Hey, for what? But it's a long story, <laughs> but a bulk sample, if we came into our listeners home, the only way we could do a bulk sample is an actual piece of that material. Yeah. So I would have to cut a piece of wall out. It would It'd be a lot, you know, unless it was just say debris in a crawl space, which yeah. would make no sense why I would send it to a lab to, when you can throw it away. I guess my point is, is typically at bulk samples, they're not very common. So. Okay. So, so not so done yes, mostly, yeah. but you said tape lift and, and air, air testing. Those are the most common two different types of air or two different types of mold testing we do. Okay. They make the most sense to me. It gives us a better overall picture. Just, you know, I, like I said, I could go in and go, Hey, you know, there's, 
there's a bunch of mold, or not mold, a bunch of dust on top of the bookshelf. We did a tape lift, find out there's a bunch of mold too. Yeah. Plus we can look at the air sample. Exactly. Makes sense? That makes perfect sense. So what do you think about all of these do-it-yourself kits that people can get at, you know, various stores? Do, do they do they deliver even close to the same level of integrity of results as getting it professionally done? Well, the easy answer is no. But on the other hand, um, with, with those do-it-yourself kits, depending on what it is, I mean, you know, in the mold box, uh, for some of them, we have a viable test kit in there. And is it the preferred way? No, but it's easier for a homeowner. Um, what you've got to be careful with is, is what the lab's going to tell you. Is the lab only going to report five different mold types? Seven? Yeah. Remember with the Ermi and Hertz me testing, or one, one test I think is like seven mold types, and that's all they report on? Yeah. So a lot of it depends on where it's going, who's doing the test. Can, can, can our listeners do testing on their own? Absolutely. Do I recommend it? No. You yeah. should have it done by a professional. But there is, uh, and it's come out in the last few years. I'm not going to name the brand, but there, there is a kit you can buy that's that is aerosol cassettes. That type of testing. Mm -hmm. um, the concerns I have there is is the type of lab reports they give, and I've seen those. And I'm not uh, me personally. I wouldn't go that with that lab. And so it, it kind of brings us back to the whole. There's so many things you have to get involved. Like, I use the lab that I like. Mm -hmm. Why do I use that lab? Because they report things the way I like it reported. Yeah. They report on all the mold types that I want reported. Mm -hmm. So it's, you know, I, I know I gave a huge explanation to your to your question, but it really depends on, on other factors. But for the most part, do-it-yourself kits, no. No, exactly. <laughs> I mean, you, you get what you pay for. Especially an instant one. You get what you pay for. Exactly. I had a... I had a um, it wasn't even I wouldn't even say client situation where um, it was a commercial property that I was called into, and they purchased literally in their own store a stachybotrys test, which is the black mold, and it was an instant test. Instant. What does that mean, instant test? Like, like it instantly told them whether there was stachybotrys or not. Kind of like doing a pee test and you know right then and there if there's drugs in the system. Yeah. I've never heard of a way to tell if there's stachybotrys like that, but yeah. that's what they do. Huh. Now, is that something I would recommend? Never. Yeah. So be careful. I mean, you said it. You get what you pay for. If you want to buy something off of Amazon, Walmart, wherever, hardware store for 20 bucks because you can't afford to pay a professional like myself $500, that's what you're going to get. That's true. Because when it comes back positive, if you're our listener, then what, what do you do next? Yeah, who knows? You don't have the consultation of the expert. You have no idea what to do next. You have no visual no. of the property? like Nothing. If someone called and told me that, I'm obviously politically correct. But I think to myself, why did you waste $20? And that's a cheap one. Yeah. Because you had to call me anyways. Exactly. And what did that test tell you? Nothing. It's not reliable. Yeah. So we don't even know. The only way I can corroborate, I guess, would be the best way to say it, is I would have to do my own testing, which you're going to have to pay for. Yep. It's a lot more than that 20 bucks. Yeah, it is. And do keep this in mind, though, for our listeners. So so like those Petri dish um, mold armor is the, the most popular one that you can buy at all Home Depot everywhere. Keep in mind that I think they're about $10, $12. I don't know. 
inflation's up and down. Keep in mind that you, that you're not. It does not include the lab fees, so you're not getting a mold test for twelve to fifteen dollars. Correct. You're getting that little kit. Yep. And then what you do with that kit is you wait for mold to grow. Well, mold's naturally present, so it's going to grow. Well, then when you want to send it off to a lab to tell you what kind of mold it is, they're going to charge you forty-five, fifty bucks. Yep. So, and I just, I kind of just thought of that. Like, people see that, oh, it's only fifteen dollars. You're not. You have to pay for lab fees. Exactly. So, if you want to do the work of your doctor, then you're probably going to get the results of not being a doctor. <laughs> That's very, very true. <laughs> so, do it right the first time, yeah, right? Yeah. Do, do it right so, the first time. And I, I get it. I, you know, for for our services, and I've had I have lots of clients everywhere throughout the world, and I've I've heard of for the for I would say an average for mold testing, they're at least fifteen hundred two thousand into it. So that's it, it is expensive, but on the other hand, like I said, it's like expecting your doctor to not charge you for their services. It, they're specialists. They're They've gone to school for a lot of years. It's we're no different as mold specialists. Absolutely. So, so given all of that, what's your call to action for people? So, talking about air testing, like I said, it's not a standalone thing. But if our listeners are like, "Hey, you know, there's this kit that, you know, I reached out to Steve, and he's like, yeah, it's you know, it's okay, it's it's enough if you can't afford to hire a professional, you should do that air testing every other year." And I, for the most part, I would. I would honestly test every year, but keep in mind, as we said, you can't just do standalone testing. You've got to have an inspection. Absolutely. And plus, for the do-it-yourselfers, um, something I didn't cover is is once our listeners, let's say our listeners do a do-it-yourself kit, once they get the lab results, what so what does that tell them? Yeah, they don't know. <laughs> they don't. They don't know what it means, and they don't know exactly. where to go from there. Yep. Is this common? Is it, you know, so that's why I say at the end of the day, you're you're going to have to hire a professional. You might as well just start out with one. Exactly. Totally agree. Totally agree. And you offer consultations. Exactly. So anyone anywhere can virtually do a consultation with you. So if they're looking for that level of expertise, then they ought to go to cnccontractorservices.com and look at the consultations. Exactly. Yep. We, have, we offer a variety of them. Uh, we just talked about what do you do once you get the results. I have a very inexpensive... Um, I don't know what, what, what how we worded it, but sort of a mold interpretation. Interpretation, yeah. Just literally, they send me their lab results. I analyze them and I put it in in my terms, layman's terms, I guess is what they say. But that's just that's not a con- that's I, that wouldn't even call that a consultation. But we do offer it. Um, it's literally you email me your lab results, I email you back with the interpretations letter, and that's it. There's no phone call, no Zoom, no nothing. Exactly. No anything, I guess. No anything. So go to cnccontractorservices.com, learn more about the consultations. All right, we'll catch you in the next episode. Thank you for listening to this episode. Make sure you go to our website at cnccontractorservices.com and sign up for the mold investigation checklist. Again, go to cnccontractorservices.com and get your free mold investigation checklist today. You can also on cnccontractorservices.com find out more about Steve's courses and books and consultations. Once again, go to cnccontractorservices.com.